Thank you so much for choosing What Is It About It as the podcast of your choice. I'm Debza, and we continue with the objective of this podcast uh, is to share the information with you, uh, the listeners, and hoping that at the end it will be something of value to you, being that you know when you have to make a life decision in terms of the career that you're choosing or being that you know you're sharing the information with someone who needed more information about this particular uh, discussions that you, know, you get from this podcast uh, it's not different this week uh, we're looking into a medical fraternity we dive deep into it we ask questions what are some of the things that you need to you know have for you to be able to start being a doctor and once you have kick-started with all those things that are required what are some of the things that you need to expect while you're at the university uh, going through the preparation to becoming a doctor and what are some of the things that you will find in the field as you now start practicing as a doctor it is a very interesting conversation um, the doctor that I had a conversation with is very insightful and I'm hoping that after this discussion you get something out of this enjoy the conversation this is how it went We want to create a new generation of well-informed youngsters. Of and we start here by giving them information. So just in a sense of background, let's just give our youngsters a bit of your background so they can understand exactly you know what you're talking about. What is it a bit of your background in terms of profession? Sure thing. So um, basically, I'm, I'm born and bred in Cape Town. Um, I did my schooling in Cape Town as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then thereafter, I did. I applied for to study medicine at the University of Cape Town. Um, I did my six years of studying at UCT. Mm-hmm. Um, I graduated in 2014, so I'm not too old. Yeah, um, no, you're still fresh <laughs> in the market. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still quite fresh indeed. Um, and then after that, I spent two years working in in the Eastern Cape uh, in Port Elizabeth at yeah. a hospital called Livingston Hospital. Right. And after that, I basically find myself in the, in the beautiful coast of the West Coast. So now, you know, we, we were talking about the, the being a doctor and how to prepare for a profession pre- and post-metric for the youngsters to understand the dynamics now. So let, let's, let's, you know, usually it's always, you know, uh, it makes sense that we define the final product uh, for the youngsters so that they can know exactly what is it that they're working to. So let's start by, 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 by defining the, 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 the medical doctor in, in a sense of um, uh, include the functions, the tasks, and all the, the, the things that goes into becoming, when you qualified as a doctor, what is a medical doctor? For sure, for sure. Um, so, uh, fortunately, a lot of people are familiar with it and they can identify with it. Uh, mm. But in a nutshell, a doctor is, is a professional. Uh, it's a person who sees to the healthcare needs of the community mm-hmm. with which he or she serves. And they, their main task on a daily basis really is to diagnose, to screen for, and to manage the conditions of each and every patient that presents to him or her. Mm-hmm. That's it, really. Okay, so so basically, the duties the one that we all know. Mm. Now, everybody yes. else knows it. You know, when you're talking about the doctor, right. I mean, you know, growing up, every parent wished that their kids can be the doctors <laughs> without knowing exactly what entails being a doctor. So let, let's get to that one now. We're preparing our youngsters while they're still at high school now to to to, to become the doctors. Also, we want them, you know, want to produce a doctor that had some information from doctor. Let's start from the 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 the, the phase where it's important now. Uh, starting with you now mm. at high school, what, what sparked your interest? interest uh, towards this particular instructional program in terms of in terms of medicine well i, I think the, the it's, it's quite a cliche to go to it every time but i think it's a good one because it's a lot of it forms the basis for a lot of our of our intention mm. um and and really the, the uh, what i wanted personally was for my daily job to be able to help people mm. um in any way possible and that doesn't just mean by dispensing medication it means yeah. by you know, um, interacting with, with people during their worst times. And fortunately, I'm very fortunate in the sense that medicine provides me that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, you see, you know, you had already established that now, you know, do you want to help people? Mm. So obviously the process started right there yeah. as you sparked like your, your interest or yeah. your, some of your attributes that you think you have now. So for, for, for one to be able to do that, they have to get a, some information from different sources. Yeah. So what, what is the best source that you can use? 
to gather information and in order for one to put this whole idea into perspective on one to become a medical profession? Um, okay, well, the first thing I think I should just, you know, state as a disclaimer up front is that, you know, don't believe the TV series of, of, <laughs> <laughs> of, of what doctors do it and don't do. <laughs> but, um, no, no, yeah, on a serious note, um, uh, I think, I think most of us, our interaction, uh, with a doctor, um, as a young person, Mm. You know, is is with a GP or a doctor at a clinic, uh, and that's probably your best sense, uh, your first sense of what we do on a daily basis. Mm. But that's not the only thing. I don't think that encompasses all the all the duties and functions of a doctor, uh, and, and that's why. You know, over and above that, I think it's important to understand the doctor in a hospital setting as well. Some uh, it's a place that not many of us uh, frequently attend. I hope we don't attend often. Mm. Um, but for a youngster, I think for somebody at high school level who wants to get a better idea and understanding of what we do and function, it would be a good idea just to visit the hospital even mm. and, and then get a feel for the setting with which we work in and, and just get a sense of the patients that we deal with. Um, and and if if necessary, you can then even interact and, and speak to the doctors on the floor, and they'll be able to give you a sense from a hospital setting, mm. you know what they what they do and what they go through. So the best option is for one to go directly to the doctor definitely, themselves, and definitely. you know request make an appointment. Yeah, you know, not because you're going to the doctor to you yeah. know you're sick in the usual way. <laughs> make an appointment and say, Doctor, I mean, I really want to understand what is this thing that you're doing as a doctor. I would love an appointment like that. <laughs> you see, you know, the youngsters, you had it. You know, it's it's said one day. You know, if you want to know more about the profession he would love to have an appointment with you let's talk about the processes now while at high school how does one prepare themselves in order to make sure that you no know, they align themselves with this profession how what are some of the things that one needs to make sure that you no know, they have them checked in their checklist mm. uh, for them to say that you no know, i'm aligned mm. to becoming a medical practitioner now Okay, I, I think that's also an important point. Uh, a lot of people at high school need to understand, you know, what the priority is in terms of, uh, you know, directing them towards uh, applying for medicine. Mm. And and the first and most important thing w- would be to focus on your grades. Um, I mean, you know, it, it's sort of a given thing, but it, it more so now if you're trying to apply for a university degree. Mm. Um in in particular, um, uh, going into grades, it would be looking at your pure maths and your physics. Mm. Um, so that's just in terms of grades, but that's not the only thing. Um, that would be in terms of priority. That would be number one. Number two after that would be extramural activities. Yeah. So, for example, you know, uh, if you notice that there is a need uh, for a community-based, um, you know, assistance or or an NGO that requires your assistance, then you know, offer it and, and provide it and 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 get involved in extramural activities like that. You know, mm. become an active student. You know, uh, participate in leadership courses if you can. Apply for them. You mm. know, the opportunities are boundless that are out there. Um, fortunately, now also, even if you're on the west coast, um, you can do a lot of things online. So, so don't feel that you're far away from the city and you can't actually you know um involve yourself with them you you really can the world's a lot smaller place than it was before Mm-hmm. You know, you know, it's speaking to exactly the, the next question that I'm going mm-hmm. to ask you because, you know, I, I, I like the way you're putting it there. One needs to be sure that you know, exactly where they're going, they're going the right direction by testing their, their skill or by, by offering their, 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 their time mm-hmm. in, in some of the things like you mentioned. There's some yeah. community projects that are available there. Yeah. So l- let's say we still at, I'm still at high school. I'm doing grade 11. I'm doing grade 12. I'm still on that process of working towards to become a doctor. I've realized now yeah. that I want to become the doctor. So we're stating for them now, what are the attributes that you you say that no, a prospective uh, a medical student should have uh, an attribute. I think um, probably the most important one would be perseverance. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, I mean, you know, medicine is not a short degree, um, and neither is the preparation towards it, and neither is the work thereafter. Mm. So, so, so the willpower and and the, the attitude, you know, to persevere through it is very, very important. Mm. And then, very close to that, I would say. Is, is the discipline to focus on, on whatever task you have at hand. I mean, a lot of people, and this is not just for medical, uh, for, for prospective medical students, it's really for any student. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, you can get so quickly inundated and overwhelmed by the amount of work that you have to do. Mm. That you lose focus as to what's in front of you at that point in time. Mm. Um, so if you can focus on what's in front of you, persevere through that one task and then carry on with the next task and focus on it, you know, 
you're well on your way to becoming to, to, to going towards and applying for for a degree like like medicine without yeah. a doubt we're talking the medical profession what is it that you need to do pre and post metric level and let's continue now sure. um what are some of the fundamental requirements that a high school learner needs to be aware of if they need to pursue this instructional program you know i mean across all the institutions some of the fundamental you know i know some other institutions they have specific things but mm-hmm. there are some that forms the basis of all the medical schools that we have in south africa here no definitely um so just in general i think and this this actually goes back to you know a standard eight level actually mm. um just in terms of the type of subjects that you choose um in, in terms of med- medicine you what most of the majority of the universities do require you to do pure maths mm-hmm. uh, and physics Um, surprisingly, you know, biology is actually not a, a requirement, mm-hmm. uh, although majority of people who do apply do do it. Um, but it's not a fundamental requirement when okay. applying to university. So it's pure maths, uh, physics. And the third thing I must mention, actually, is also English. Yeah. Uh, an important point, though, is that it doesn't have to be um, home language. It actually can be first additional language as well. Okay. Um, so that's just something to, to, to think about. All right. So mathematics, pure mathematics. No, are some people who say that they shy away from this mathematics. I've heard so many youngsters like, no, it's so complicated. It's not really that complicated <laughs> if you give it time. So if you find mathematics quite, you know, uh, uh, cumbersome for you, quite, you know, uh, uh, too much for you. So this is not your profession. So switch off your, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> mathematics is not really for you. So mathematics and, and physical science, you say so, which would include your chemistry in it. The physical science and of course biology will be required by some other institutions but it's not actually a a, a, a mandatory one to do but English it is one yes. of those so now let's talk about the credits you know I know uh, most universities they say that for you to qualify to be even considered in our institution so you need to have uh, a specific number of credits let's just run through that one quickly sure um, so obviously uh, you know credits uh, and the amount of points that you are at to require to enter the university the first from university to university um, but in general, uh, they, they've tried to sort of standardize the entrance requirements or the credit mm. requirements uh, across the board. So the first thing, like we mentioned earlier, would be your subject grades. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be obviously focused on, on, on those pure maths, physics and English uh, and obviously to obtain as, as high a, a mark as possible. Mm. Um, second to that, though, uh, and, and what is important to note is, is something called the National Benchmark Test. Yeah. Now, now these are basically um, tests that are done uh, in your matric year when you are applying to these kind of courses. Uh, they are written, they national uh, exams. They sort of like an entrance exam to mm. a university, um, but they are written for all the universities. The same exam. Okay, so so national benchmark test to mm. say. So yeah. it is is it is it a prerequisite before you can even consider the medical school, or it is one of the options that one needs to take? No, take no, no. Note of? It, it is actually a prerequisite um, okay. to do, and it actually carries a lot of weight as well, um, because it's sort of a, a a test that is done in the middle of your matric year before your final exams are even written, mm. um, and it, it generally tests your 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 uh, literacy ability and your mathematical ability. Okay, um, so so they use it to be able to say that no, we identify here's person A yes. and then he applied for a an acceptance in the medical school so now we want to see that if he qualifies to be a prospective student Correct. so now we are placing him on a national benchmark test so we want to benchmark if you know he will fit in within our institution in the medical department exactly so basically when one needs to, to when is it the right time for one to apply for this particular national benchmark uh, uh, test so so the, the application process actually um, works in reverse so uh, at the end of your or towards the end of your grade 11 year mm. you will restart looking to apply uh, for, for, for to apply for medicine or to be in the beginning of your grade 12 year um, and at that point as soon as you apply they will notify you that you need to write this national benchmark test okay um, which will happen usually in the middle of the year middle towards the end mm-hmm. so so basically even before you get your acceptance you need to have your national yes. benchmark test written first okay so now uh, some of the consideration that one needs to take when selecting the university school because I mean uh, we've seen some you know we know we've had people saying that uh, I've studied so much for so many years and then now uh, I'm going out there and I'm being told that my certificate or my degree it's a mm-hmm. Hong Kong degree mm-hmm. uh, not being prejudiced by saying that 
anyway, I'm just saying the the semantics that is being used out there. Mm. Uh, I've heard someone who's been with the, uh, some some Scorsetti people found themselves in in in, in hot waters for saying words like that. So I'm <laughs> I'm not referring it in that sense. So in, in the sense of the institution, one when they select the institution, what are some of the things that they need to take into consideration to make sure that you know they get the the, the institutions that are registered with our Department of Higher Education are also SACA approved. You know yeah. the level of of of, of the, the 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 instructional program that are offering are fitting within the certain standards that are required for 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 one to come out and say that when I qualified with this institution, uh, I'm actually a proper medical doctor. What are some of the considerations? Um, so uh, I mean, uh, the, the fortunately we are actually quite fortunate in the Western Cape that we have uh, two very good recognized universities uh, in terms of medical uh, campuses to study at, and that would be your your Stellenbosch and your UCT. Mm. Um, outside of the Western Cape. Um, you know, it's sort of, you sort of get blurred lines in terms of which ones are recognized and which ones aren't. The, I would say the, the easiest way to identify which ones are recognized are ones that are attached to a teaching hospital. Okay. Um, so you'll notice that this is attached to a teaching hospital. Yes. Um, and, and Pretoria, I think it was, um, Tux, they also attached to a teaching yeah. hospital. Um, so as soon as you get that situation happening, um, mm. then you can be rest assured that you are getting the appropriate training in that institution. Okay. Or even better, you can even approach the Department for Higher Education and find out if maybe those uh, institutions are listed with them. Correct. Okay. And we're talking about your preparation while you're still at high school in order for you to stand a better chance to be admitted in the medical school. What are some of the things that you need to be aware of and what are some of the things that you need to prepare uh, while you're still at high school? And also we'll get to that level of the universities while some of the dynamics that you find when you are at the medical school itself. So, so what are some of the things that in order for them to be admitted on time? Things that they need to consider because that is the most important thing. Time. Because you mentioned beginning of the year, that's when you apply after you finish the metric. But what are some of the mm. things, the steps that one needs to take to make sure that you know, they're on time? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and, and that's, I think, one of the, the, the issues that a lot of people have when they apply for, for university. Mm. Um, the first tip that you need to know is that you need to apply early. Mm. You need to start early and apply early. And, and what what is what defines early defines the definition of early really when it comes to medicine at least is the end of your grade eleven results. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's a lot of um, there should be a lot of uh, motivation towards ensuring that your grade eleven results are up to scratch, so that you can use that as a starting point and a good starting point, hopefully, to apply for a, a medical school. Mm-hmm. So, so now, you know, for one to be able to to make it on time, so mm. you're saying that the, the the advisable time will be immediately when you start, you know, receiving your grade eleven results, yes. then you start applying, That's immediately and immediately. then you know you stand a better chance to be. Admitted. We're not saying that you are admitted. You stand a better chance <laughs> to be admitted because the university still have to apply their own criteria of selection yes. uh, for candidates and then all of that process is yes. done. And then you can be admitted when they send you a letter and say that now, next year, you will be uh, our medical student. Exactly. All right. So so now, um, and you know, this, this, this instructional program, some of them are very exclusive. You know, they require certain exclusive uh, prerequisites, things that need to be done. So is there any, 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 any exclusive preparations that one needs to do? Before starting at the university now, um, not not really. Um, I, I, I mean, uh, besides the fact that you need to have your 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 grade eleven and 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 subsequent grades in order, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to have your your, your national benchmark, like I said earlier. Yeah. And the last thing, uh, which is also quite important, perhaps that I should mention, um, is is that some of the universities require you to submit a personal CV. Okay. Of, of of things that you've done throughout your high school career. Mm. Now, um, they use this as sort of a differentiating mark um, okay. so that, you know, if you have a competing students uh, with regards to grades and national benchmark, they mm. can look at you as a holistic student okay. and decide, you know, how active were you? Um, what kind of passion do you have for, for assisting people? And, and, or, or, or anything, anything involved, being an active student, a role player in the community, uh, and then use that as sort of the last benchmark with which you can judge a student should they be eligible to be, uh, uh, to be admitted into the institution. So this is when those things that you mentioned earlier that, you no, know, uh, you need to start getting involved with your community. Yeah. You need to start, start, you know, being part of the leadership of the, the, the schooling, this SRC or LRC now. Sure. Uh, you need to get involved in sports, you know, be a captain of a sport team or be a 
member of a team, you know, a rugby player. So that will contribute towards the contents of that CV that you will it, submit. It will, it will. But I must qualify that, 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 you know, that would be third on the priority list, you know. Mm. So the first focus should always be, um, your grades. You your know? grades should be number um, one. I, I don't want people to walk away thinking that, you know, I'm going to be a rugby <laughs> player and, and then, you know, maths comes later because I'm going to be too medicine because of it. So just yeah, in terms no. of priority, that's important. That has been qualified now. Your yeah. grades come first and then the rest will form part when you find yourself in a situation. Now you're competing for a position or a space in the university with someone whom that's you're right. being regarded on the same level. Correct. And then now they want to differentiate between the two of you. So they will look into certain aspects of one who was more or who should weigh more than the other. Exactly. You, you know, you know we, we, we all sometimes you know, have these objectives in our heads that you know, I want to do this and this and this. And then as life it is, you know, we all come to a point where why some failures come in in between, but they, they're not supposed to deter us from the main objectives of what we want to do. So what I need to find out, if, if, if one does not meet the minimum requirements that we mentioned, that there are prerequisites, that are the, the, the requirements for one to be able to uh, pursue medical profession. If, if one doesn't meet those requirements to be admitted at a medical school, what are some of the alternatives that one can explore to assist them with the possible admittance at the university or at the medical school? Yes, no, so that's a, it's actually quite a, uh, a common, relatively common scenario that some people find themselves in. That, you know, their passion for medicine really is there, but, you know, they don't meet the requirements initially, mm. or they have difficulty meeting the requirements initially. Um, and it's for that reason. So uh, a lot of the, uh, the, well, some of the universities has responded to that sort of call, uh, by allowing the students to do a bridging course. Mm. Um, so even if you don't meet the requirements, you sort of meet the sub-minimum requirements, um, there is a possibility that you'll still be able to do a bridging course, which is basically the first year covered over two years. Mm. And if you are able to handle that, then you will continue throughout the course. That's the one option. Um, the other option that, that some people do consider is that they try and get themselves one foot in the door. Mm. Uh, what I mean by that is that they try and do something else in the medical field, um, Something, for example, in the allied health professional field, and that includes things like OTs and physios, mm. um, or even audiology, and and they use that as a sort of a soundboard to reapply the following year mm. um, to the medical field, and uh, sometimes they actually are successful with that, but that will be based on the end of first year results. Okay, so so basically, if you do those, uh, um, 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 what do you mention, the lower level of medical profession, that, no, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to insult other people's profession anyway, yeah. but I mean, I assume that, no, they require less than uh, what medical school itself now requires. So you just, like I said, no, get your foot inside the medical school yes. through those other uh, 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 Alternatives. No, let's not say that lower levels. Alternatives that are available. And then, you know, you're running through your first year. And then yes. after that, you come to your first year, then you can apply for a medical uh, profession. I, I think it shows a lot of passion for the healthcare field in general. And, mm. and the universities definitely look at that positively. Mm. Um, so that's, that's something really to consider. I mean, look, uh, it all obviously depends on the person at the end of the day, how, how determined and, and uh, how, you know, driven they are towards the medical field. Mm. But I definitely think it is a, a, a possible way to consider going. Okay, it's been said. No, if you fail, you know, if you don't meet the minimum requirements, now there is bridging courses. There's also an alternative to other instructional programs that are offered in a medical school that will actually get your foot a bit closer to your uh, intended medical profession that you, the youngster, wants to do. So basically, okay, let's, let's just look into it just a little bit, Doctor. Uh, those courses now. Let's say they talk about the bridging courses. So for the, for you to apply for a bridging course, do you still follow the same process as you are applying for admittance at the university? Yes. So. You'd, you'd apply, you'd go through exactly the same process um, mm. and if you don't get accepted you can then speak to the university and ask them if they do have that option available mm. um, that's the one thing I want to say, the other thing also is that um, I, I think I should encourage people not just to apply to um, you know, a, a limited number of institutions, mm. some people make that mistake and then they realise that too late as well, um, even though you, you initially think that you won't study in another province mm. you know, rather just apply for another province you may just find that you'll get actually accepted at a different institution for mm -hmm. a different prison course at a different medical school. 
outside of your province of choice, mm. but at least it still gives you entry into the into the field that you want to 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 to, to, to study in. True. I mean, if you are a soldier, then it doesn't matter where you're being sent. <laughs> I mean, doctors are soldiers, man. I mean, they they go out there and make us feel better when they come out from the from from the university. True. So if you are someone who's driven by a dream, by a passion of a medical school, it shouldn't matter where which province you study at. So that is a good advice. I must just say, you know, make sure that you apply to as much ma- as many as you can a medical school so that you know you can at least you know it's like fishing you know put as much rot as you can into this pond you know you might just catch a fish with one of your 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 it's a good analogy for people from Sultana to refer to (laughs) you know they can relate to it (laughs) okay now let's move from high school uh, doctor now let's say that one now has been admitted and obviously you know whether we like it or not there's a a huge difference between the level of your high school level and when you add a medical school uh, finding yourself as a first year so the transition from high school to university let, let, let's just focus on you how, how did you cope with that what are some of the things that you find you know quite different from being at high school and at a university level as a first year student of, of, of medicine um, no that's a very good point actually and and it really is a big adjustment um, from 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 high school to university and and you basically only pick up on it later on down the year uh, so initially it's quite fine uh, you're sort of excited about the whole situation mm. but as soon as you go later on in the year you start to realize something firstly um, there is a large amount of uh, freedom that gets granted to you mm. uh, when you enter university setting you know there's no periods and no break times no teachers looking over you mm. uh, you can attend lectures if you want to um, so there's a lot of freedom that, that goes along with that um, but on the flip side to that, there's also the sheer volume of work that gets added to you and the expectation of knowing it, but not just knowing it, knowing it very well. Um, mm. Whereas at high school, you know, what you teach is what you should know. Uh, at universities, it's what you te- what they teach is a guideline for you to go look in the textbook and mm. then go learn more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of a lot of expectation, a lot of volume, but also a lot of freedom that goes along with that. And I think the important thing really is to balance the two. Mm. Um, it took me a while personally to to find that balance, but once you do, then you're on a good track. Okay, uh, so you need to balance your time. I mean, if you are a naughty boy, no, you're not gonna survive in a medical school. If you wanna go party at a university, you know, you leave Western Cape, you go to Joburg to vets there, and you find other party animals there that are even on the higher level than you. We we're trying to give you the youngsters, you know, a direction, some some for, sort of a, a you know a back thought, something that should stay at the back of your head. So one day when you find yourself facing a situation where you have to decide, you know, some of the things will just come on, you know, come at the forefront uh, as as, as person when you have to decide you no know, you have you know a bit of an informed kind of like decision you're making an informed decision because you had us talking here with doctor one day when you face with this decision that you have to make now let, let, let's let's draw a picture for them now they may understand that are listening now now they have papers they have pens they're listening to us talking now the composition of the medical studies and the flow from one level to the other let's just break it down to them you get to there you registered and then this is now medicine so how is it composed and what levels do you have to follow for you to be able to end up completing your medical degree okay so um so the structure of of, of medical uh, fields or, or medical degrees across the country differ of course from university to university okay. um but but there's a general there's a general underlying tone to to the most to most universities in terms of how they approach uh, the training of, of doctors mm. um so generally i mean your first year at least forms the basis of introduction and and, and getting a, a understanding of of the basic concepts uh, of sort of biology and physics um but but if you look at it from a broad sense, um, the universities in general they divide your your training into the first couple of years, which is mostly book learning actually, mm. um, which is theory learning and 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 understanding the human body and how it works, um, and then uh, compared to your later years of. So Let's say, for example, your first three years will be three theoretical years. Mm. Your last three years will be practical years, uh, where it's more hands-on, where it's more patient-orientated, more uh, examination, more disease-based uh, mm. and, and management-based as well. So it's sort of that kind of divide between the two. Um, one thing I must add is that... Um, 
uh, medicine is also one of the longest degrees that you that you that you, that there is to complete. It is a six-year degree. Mm. Um, there was a five-year degree, I think, in KZN, uh, but they've now also changed that to six years. And looking back, it's actually quite important to have it such such a long time, because in the end of the day, you are dealing with people's lives, mm. um, and and one or two years extra compared to the normal four-year degrees does make a big difference in managing those people's conditions. Mm. Okay. Now you, you mentioned the practical part of it. I mean, we understand the theoretical part of it. That means now you have to sit in the cl- in a lecture room, you have to write examinations, and you get assessed on your knowledge-based kind of, 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 of uh, information that you have. You no, know, we say that, no, we ask you 50 questions and you pass. Now, looking into the practical part of it, the, the practical sessions at the university, how are they being assessed and how do they link up with the, the theoretical part of it? Okay, so um, it's 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 a good question. I mean, uh, and that's what differs really. Uh, me- what what differs medicine from other courses? Mm. Um, uh, so uh, our first exposure to to a practical sense of of medicine occurs really now approximately in our second year, mm. um, and and our first exposure is actually um, dissecting cadavers. Um, so 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 as know, like seriously, uh, seriously cutting them seriously up. cutting so cutting okay. up a, a person, <clears throat> you know. Um, <laughs> okay. So so that's that's our first exposure uh, mm. and. And it's a good a good way, you know. You'd rather practice on somebody who's already passed on yeah. than practice on someone alive, you know. Yeah. So, so looking at it from that sense, it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> there won't be any accidents because they already happened. Precisely. Right? <laughs> I, I'm glad you understand. <laughs> but so, so, so that's the idea. Um, uh, and then you know, heading into your third year. Um, you you sort of practice um, examining each other. You you interviewing each other. You you sort of talking to each other and, yeah. and getting an idea of a live person now, um, but not one that's sick. Mm. Um, and then towards the say the last two to three years, you are pushed into hospital settings. Mm. Um, where you're now dealing with real life situations where people really are sick, um, and you have to examine them, diagnose them, and, you know, and and come up with somewhat of a plan to help them and prescribe um, the medication and exactly, and exactly. So, so the practical aspect really happens towards the end. Um, in terms of how we get tested, um, it, initially it's it's quite um, sort of uh, how, how do I say this? It's it's sort of more fake you could say I guess um, where it's a, a, a setting with a planned person um, mm. that, that acts out a certain condition or a certain way in an interview uh, whereas later on down the line it's really based on actual patients so you know you would examine a real patient and, and an examiner would test you on your ability and skill to examine and, and diagnose that patient. Okay so during your your, pre- your second year mm. on what's up until before the last two, two, two years yeah. so your practical sessions will basically be having a professor standing next to you mm. and then probably maybe you guys uh, doing stuff while he's looking at you while exactly. you're taking information from the patient Correct. or the so-called uh, simulated patient <laughs> exactly and yeah. then you know you can go to the uh, okay the part where you had to now see the where the liver is located in the body <laughs> before you do the autopsy so you have to you know dissect <laughs> the real thing and you know uh, just just on a lighter note have you seen someone passing out while doing that <laughs> I, I I'm pretty sure I have. Eh? Um, <laughs> I, I I wouldn't be surprised. No, the, the scary one is when you're the last one to leave the dissecting hall. Yeah, because you know there's a lot of other bodies still in the hall, but you are the last live person leaving the hall. <laughs> okay. so, you a lot of things. Just make sure there's no moving papers <laughs> or, or or things, you know. So uh, so the idea of horror movies start coming to your head knowing the last one left in there. Just don't watch any horror movies before you go to <laughs> dissect. That's another advice, don't watch any other horror movies when you get to the university, you have to go to that area uh, of the medical fraternity you have to dissect stuff you know, you have to dissect things there, using the, the scalpels and all those tools there, so be careful you know, maybe you should take a bit uh, just a shot of a cherry you know, to get your body warmed up a little bit let's just define a, bit, a typical day of a medical student the first year level, let's just define it for youngsters to have an idea, what is it like so um, in terms of first year, first year um, medical um, students are quite similar to, to other students at university um, in the sense that, you know, you, you're, still, you're still coming to grips with how university works. So mm-hmm. your typical day essentially would be you'd start off with about, say, 
four to five, maybe five or six lectures in the morning, uh, forty-five minute lectures with some breaks in between, mm. and then um, you get you get a lunch break, I think it is, and then in the afternoon they try and change it up a little bit, and they try and give it small group learning, where it's problem based, it's it's group tasks that you would sit together around a problem, and then you know work your way and uh, around an issue or topic uh, of discussion, whether that's tasks or um, activities that need to be submitted, or you know looking down a microscope or mm. whatever the case is. Those are sort of more um, hands-on, um, more interactive sessions. Mm. But in the morning, it would be your theory, more your lecture-based uh, sessions. Okay, yeah. interesting stuff. I mean, I think now I should have been a doctor because I'm starting to get excited. <laughs> I was scared previously when he was mentioning other things, but now I'm excited that he mentioned the telescopes. Uh, not telescopes. Uh, what is it? Again? Microscopes. 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 I was talking about telescopes. <laughs> yeah. Microscopes and, 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 and other things that you, know, you find in a lab that are exciting. So those are the things that you, know, you can look forward to when you want to, uh, you are a first year at a university you know you get exposed to some instruments that i'm sure there's new technologies also so you get exposed to those technologies that are available the doctors are using nowadays uh there's softwares nowadays that are doing certain things there's certain tools that are doing things in a different way so you get exposed to that when youngster out there you the prospective doctors you people are going to make us feel better you know when we seek we'll be visiting you so it starts from uh platforms like this one uh we're trying to inspire you the youngsters out there to make sure that no, we get enough doctors in South Africa and then you could be one of those people. You know, you could be actually you can be one of those people as long as you know you are inspired to do such a thing and you have that attitude, those attributes that Dr. Amos mentioned. You know, if you are a person who's a hard worker and you know who's not a party animal, so you're not gonna survive in a medical fraternity if you are. Okay. So now Doctor, let's look into some of the things, you know, that 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 you know, whether we like it or not, there's challenges as you come into count campus and then you know you you know, there's peer pressure, there's, there's, there's a lot of work that's coming in, in there, in play, as you find yourself as a student there. But now, so, so what, what are the more challenging in, in a medical students compared to the two? The balancing your academic life or fitting in with other students and activities taking place around the institution? What is more challenging? Um, okay, so... In terms of university life, um, unfortunately, in terms of so, okay, majority of 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 students who are in degrees uh, or studying towards completing degrees, um, they're usually based on a main campus, um, mm. and and different campuses obviously specialize in different things. Um, most of the time, your medical students are generally based quite far away from the main campus, and there's a there's a good reason for that. Um, the reason is that they need to be close to a health facility or a tertiary health facility like okay. for example Rotterdam or Tigerberg. Mm. Um, so because of that sort of geographical disconnect from the rest of the students, I think uh, you're sort of um, less under pressure uh, to, 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 to fit in with other students in other fields or doing other activities. Mm. Um, so, so that's sort of a, I would say an advantage. And then you basically are surrounded most of the time by people who are going through similar or the same thing that you are going through. Um, mm. but then comes the issue, I think, that, that, you know, balancing academics would be the more challenging, uh, of the two. True, like the balance the academics because there's quite a lot of weight, <laughs> work sure. to be done there, <laughs> and then you need to complete. So, so for 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 one to say that now, no, we're mentioning now that no, you will be challenged when it comes to your academics, no, based mm. on to fitting in. You know, you can see it later. You know, somehow, mm. you know, it's, it's important that no one has to balance the academics and social life. But now, the reason why I went to the university is because they they need to complete the academics, and then the other things will still be there. And and uh, no, just 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 thinking about it now, there, there are some of the exclusions that you no know, usually you find that uh, some medical students find exclusions. They get excluded from the medical fraternity mm. uh, due to some of the things. Let, let's just talk about the, the, the you know, being that is financial exclusion or academic exclusion. Uh, what are some of the things that end, end up end up you know, forcing the university to, to say that, you no? Know, unfortunately, we tried our level best to, to keep you as a medical student but unfortunately, based on the, the criteria or the rules that we have in our medical mm. institutions, mm. we have to exclude you now due to academic exclusion or financial, that being. For sure, for sure. Um, no, I think that's an important point as well because once you're in, uh, you shouldn't obviously think that, you know, it's going to be smooth sailing from mm. here on out. Um, in terms of what will exclude you, fortunately, it's not too many. Um, in terms of academics, they actually do give you uh, quite a lot of rope um, to, to hang on to. Um, most universities will allow you um, up to three chances um, to at, at, at a particular course. Mm. Um, now, 
when it comes to medicine, a lot of the courses are four-year courses. There's no courses that you can sort of carry over to the next year. Mm. So there's first year, second year, and third year, and so on. Mm. Um, so you'll get practically three opportunities to pass each year individually. Okay. Um, and I, I can speak from personal experience where I know people who've taken 10 years to complete their medical degree, mm. but they persevered throughout it. Yeah. And in the end of the day, they're still a doctor, just like, you know, just like any, any, any other one of us. So it will really take a great deal for you to be excluded as a medical student. So Definitely. three opportunities. I mean, that's good enough for one to say that. Even if, mm. you know, you can say that, you know, just a hard cop man's fun, hard man's end in this world. <laughs> so with, with this one, three opportunities yes. is good enough to say that, you no, know, you can make it through that. You know, so no, no, definitely. And definitely. then, you know, financial one, obviously, it's a common one, I guess. Financial one is a common one. And I think it's an important one um, to, to talk about because it's a lot of, it's, it's a one that I think a lot of people um, exclude themselves from studying you know, at a tertiary institution. And I don't think it should be the case. Um, a lot of people who run into financial difficulty, um, you know, they, they, once they reach out and speak to people, um, mm. they come to realize that there really is a large uh, fraternity of people willing to help you out in terms of your in terms of your finances mm. but the the only thing is that you need, just need to prove um that you are in financial need mm. um so for example the department of health i know they provide bursaries for stu- for, for for potential students mm. who want to study medicine mm-hmm. and and they don't have to pay it back even they they pay it back in in years worked mm. um so the the possibility and the opportunity is there i don't think we should use finances as a crutch um, mm. to limit ourselves in terms of studying a tertiary degree like medicine. I think you need to emphasize on that one because, you know, we seem to live in an environment that, you know, even the youngsters, before they can even consider, you know, thinking about going to the university, mm. the first thing that they think of or they look at is like, my mother, I mean, can hardly put a bread on the table. And then how am I expecting, how am I, like, I'm expecting her to give me money to go to the university when mm. she's actually struggling to do the most basic things. Mm. So the, I, I think you need to emphasize on that, that there's so much help available out there. Mm. And then, mm. you know, finances shouldn't be a, a limitation for any prospect students who's got everything checked and uh, mm. that says that you no know, you do qualify to become a medical student and then you worry so much about finances that you know you think that you no know, you don't stand a chance mm. without even reaching out and mm. asking out there what is it what help is there available out there mm. to 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 to, uh, to make me be able to pursue this dream that I have that mm. I know that you no know, being given an opportunity I can actually pursue this successfully so there is help out there I mean you mentioned Department of Education there's also national mm. finance Financial aid scheme, NESFAS, available out there. There's other institutions also mm-hmm. that are, or even the, the, the university themselves, yeah. the medical school, sometimes they do offer the bursaries based on your performances that you as a learner or a student you know, depict or show to them Correct. that you know you are capable of doing this, mm-hmm. you are capable of completing your degree. For, for, for one now, uh, Dr. Mel, to say that now I've completed my degree, my medical degree. Take us through that, that, that some of the things that you know they need to have accomplished through that six-year period uh, to say that now I'm going to walk down that uh, uh, ramp. I'm going to get my name called out. I'm going to walk to the vice chancellor. is going to tap on my head and I'm going to walk to the rector. He's going to do this. So some of the things that one needs to say that I've, 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 I've completed them. For sure. You can bring me back some memories now of my own graduation there. Yeah. Thanks, man. I, I, I got a feeling, man. I, it was just last year, October, when I walked that aisle also. <laughs> no, um, it, it's certainly a prestigious thing to, to work towards. Um, mm. what, what to, what you need to get there, um, is, is, is quite, quite simple, actually. Um, you know, at, at, at high school level, we, we sort of aim very high and we try and push ourselves. Um, at university, it's quite quite similar. I mean, um, we're obviously trying our, our level best to to try and achieve and pass each course individually. Mm. Um, and I don't think you should negate or neglect any particular type of course that you're doing. Mm. Um, so it's 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 really focusing on whatever course or whatever subject you're busy with mm. at that moment in time, passing it. Um, and then moving on to the next thing, um, because look, the the, the way that the course is structured is that if you are able to to pass, um, you know, your your clinical exams and your your oral exams and each step of the way, then essentially you end up being a complete, um, you know, professional. You be, mm. you, you you you're a practicing doctor by the end of it. Um, so 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 it's more focusing on each stage of the way. Um, I wouldn't say there's any particular thing that you need to do. Um, It's more just, you know, 
be sort of persevering through each year. Okay, well, what I'm trying to get at is that no. Uh, for, for an example, for them, the, for, for, for someone who's in civil engineering, yeah. for them to get a national diploma in civil engineering, they need to complete about 32 modules uh, in that field and then do a practical training for two years. I'm just making an example for two years. Sure. And then they can say that I've got a national diploma. If they want to get a BTEC, then they have to do 10 subjects and then a practical subject and then they can say I have a BTEC. So in terms of the medical profession, mm-hmm. what, what are those, 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 those things, those, those type of, uh, uh, Headless, they have to jump to say that sure. I'm a qualified medical doctor. Now. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, so that's that that um, that's oh. slightly different. So, um, uh, each university, unfortunately, is different in the way that mm. they train and test their students. Um, in order to get the degree in the end of the six years of studying, uh, it's basically just the university's um, exams. Mm. But that doesn't actually walking out of there. You can't actually practice as a uh, independent medical doctor. Mm. So, so this is where sort of your extra. Um, Sort of uh, things that you need to do come in. Um, whether it's in law, you need to do your articles. Whether it's in finance, you have to do your boards. Mm. Um, in the medical field, uh, after you've graduated, you have to do a two-year internship. Okay. Which basically means that you will work in uh, different departments in a hospital setting. Um, usually, it's about four months, so that you get an idea and a good feel for each um, speciality, mm-hmm. um, and you you become a more well-rounded doctor. Uh, so that when you do practice independently, you are and you can understand sort of all the spheres of medicine fully. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a requirement, two years of internship. And after that, uh, you are required to do a one-year community service where you sort of work in a clinic setting and mm. you give back to the community in that sense of the word. Once you've completed those three years, are you then free to practice independently if you choose to do so? Okay. Then now you have a degree. Then now you are a qualified doctor. Now you can practice as a doctor. Correct. Okay. Let, let's just take it further on now. Let's talk about the progression from, from that level. I mean, you know, some people talk about the master's. From master's, you can go to PhD. From PhD, go blah, blah, blah. So the pro- progression in the medical field, after you graduate there, what's the next step? And then beyond that step, was the other step? Correct. So um, after your three years that you do post your graduate, um, you are then regarded as uh, a medical officer or mm-hmm. a medical doctor, mm-hmm. um, which means that you can either practice independently in a, in a GP setting, uh, you can practice in a clinic, mm-hmm. um, or you can continue practicing in a hospital setting. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, if you want to further your career in terms of the medical field in particular, um, then that would basically mean that you are intending to specialize in a specific field of medicine. Mm. Um, and that usually happens in a hospital setting. Okay. So when you become a medical officer after your three years, most um, doctors would uh, try and get experience in the field that they intend to specialize in. Mm. Uh, and that is as a medical officer. Mm-hmm. Once they've gotten experience in the field, they then would apply for the speciality in order to specialize. Mm. Um, so, so, for example, if you want to become a surgeon, then mm. you apply to specialize to become a surgeon. Like a neurosurgeon. Like, a, for example, a neurosurgeon. Like a brain surgeon. <laughs> a brain surgeon. <laughs> exactly. Um, whatever your sort of, you know, affinities, whatever your likes are, you know, mm. so if you like cutting up brains, then you do neurosurgery. You know? like cutting up brains, okay? <laughs> I just saw a picture of brain in my head. Open scale, you know? <laughs> So, I mean, those are, those are things that you can consider. Yeah. Um, uh, specializing is not an easy thing, though. It's, it's, a, it's a tall order. Um, it's, it's a four-year um, studying, working um, sort of sacrifice that you have to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's four years that you ha- you will be trained under a consultant, under a specialist. You're working in a hospital setting, and you are constant, constantly writing exams as well. Mm-hmm. So that is sort of the process to specialize. Okay. Um, at the end of that, then you will be sort of qualified as a specialist in that field. Mm-hmm. Um, beyond that, uh, some specialists even decide to sub-specialize mm-hmm. depending on the field that they're working in. Right. Um, I, I, I'm going to put in a kind of little bit. I know you might, mm-hmm. not, might not be able to do it at the tip of your head, but how many specializations are there are available in the medical fraternity? I know this is a tall order of a question. <laughs> like you just said some things are tall order. <laughs> how many specializations are out there in, 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 in estimation? I know you can't be you know, You'll be surprised. It's, it's, it's actually a lot more than 
than you think. I, mm. I mean, I don't have an exact number, um, but from what I can I can recall, I can probably easily mention about eighteen, uh, maybe more than eighteen to twenty. Mm. Um, and and it's not only your state specializations. I mean, you, you, a lot of people don't realize that. Um, you know, you get you get optometrists, you, uh, sorry, um, ophthalmologists, okay. you get dermatologists, you mm-hmm. get cardiologists. You know, um, you get different types of surgeons. You get cardiothoracic surgeons, and you get brain surgeons, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so these different fields that you can do. Even you know, uh, some children get seen by pediatricians. They mm-hmm. are also specialists. Yeah. Um, obstetricians who deliver babies. They are also specialists. You know, um, psychiatrists. They are also specialists. But they all deal with a different side of medicine. Mm-hmm. So you know, medicine is actually a very broad thing. Um, so you know, even even if you don't really like a lot of medicine, um, you will certainly find a part of medicine that you really do enjoy, and then you can go and specialize in that field. Um, so, so it, it's a nice basis with which to further your interest, whichever that interest may be. Mm. Yeah, you know, um, you you speaking about that. There's, there's so many specializations, mm. specializations that are available out there. Mm. Uh, I just thought of one that actually would interest most of the people. They would like becoming the the, the, the academic part of. It. You know, saying they want to be they're the medical doctors who are teaching other doctors. Uh, mm. So, so w- w- where does that one fit in in that whole process there? In terms of training other medical doctors, yes, you know, maybe you want to be a professor who's mm. you know offering a, a basically just uh, lecturing in medicine. For sure, for mm. sure. No, look, I mean, there's always opportunity for that as well. Um, so, uh, what generally the, the the pathway that you would follow is you'd go into research. Mm-hmm. Um, so, once you finish your medical degree, if you find that you don't like dealing with patients every day, you're most welcome to go into a master's, for example. And the master's will depend on what your interests are. Okay. So, um, sometimes you, if you early on in your degree, you notice that you like anatomy, for example, yeah. or physiology, mm. and, and you want to really lecture on that, then you can do your master's in that and then go into lecturing as well. Um, uh, th- there's, there's lots of sort of different focuses like that, and it, it doesn't need to be patient-orientated. You definitely can go into a more research-based field. So if you love your medicine so much that you, know, you want to be one of those people who's going to be a shift 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 shifters, <laughs> you know, you want to change the ways on way uh, medicine is being in uh, uh, practiced. You know, so you can also for the the the, the, the research and development mm-hmm. part of it, and then do your masters, and then you can start you know practicing as a lecturer correct, or. Correct. Uh, a professor yeah, who's <laughs> lecturing doctors. <laughs> Let's get to one of the, the, the um, you know, I usually ask people here now, if, 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 if someone, like for example, comes with a, a civil engineering background, I ask them, so do you think in the next 10 years, no, do we still, we'll still need the, the civil engineers? And obviously the, que- the answer is still the same. Uh, it becomes the same. Obviously mm. everyone would like to be mm. their profession and obviously they'll support it with some of the information that they have. But now again, the need for doctors in South Africa, you no, know, we, we know that you no, know, there is quite a high number of needs. That's why we see uh, South Africa goes out to Cuba, you know, bringing some other doctors from different countries. So, so your view, man, and the need for the doctors in South Africa, your view, why do we have so much numbers of graduates from the medical schools? Uh, uh, why is it that no, it's like that in South Africa? Um, okay, I, I think there's, uh, for me at least, I've noticed there's quite a bit of a skewed perspective in terms of the need and then the ability to sort of provide that for that need. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's sort of a supply-demand issue. And the problem with the supply-demand issue is that in between the supply and the demand issue is actually an admin issue. Mm. Um, so currently, I mean, uh, I know for a fact uh, there's a lot of issues with regards to graduating doctors actually not finding posts to work in as interns. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that uh, that so many people were complaining on the radio stations and certainly and they and had and to be, you know, staying at home for the whole year while they have their, gra- their exactly. graduate. And I mean, they are qualified mm. technically to, to treat people and, and see people. So why do we have this sort of big need and then we have doctors sitting at home? Mm. So that's sort of the, the issue. Um, so that's what I mean by the admin issue in the middle. Um, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a lot of systems that we are not addressing. And, and, and it's unfortunate that that is re- relating to, uh, you know, a lack of human resources mm. when it comes to doctors. Um and that's one part of it. And, and interns uh, form a special population of doctors, I would say. The next thing, though, is, is medical officers. And these are basically people that can work in any setting. Yeah. And, and the problem with them really is that what I've come across is that um, 
a lot of the institutions have budget constraints, so they are only allowed or able to employ a certain number okay. of of medical officers or medical doctors. Mm-hmm. And then you have the medical officers who uh, are quite overwhelmed by the number of patients and and the sort of recurrence of numbers that they have to deal with, mm. uh, you know, eventually leads them to burn out. Um, so, you know, uh, for me, at least looking at the healthcare system as a whole uh, and diagnosing the problem is very difficult. Mm. Um, but but I think the focus really going forward should be looking at systems. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, in the Western Cape, we've managed to improve that quite a bit. Yeah. But we need to sort of, you know, uh, carry it over to the other provinces as well. All right. Uh, I mean, in the same breath, the role of the, the, the regulatory uh, bodies that we have already. So, um, I mean, what, what role do they play in the whole process there and in also contributing towards making sure that you know, we have a quality doctors that we're producing out of our system? For sure. No. So, um, our main regulatory body is the HPCSA, mm. um, which is the Health Professions Council of South Africa. Mm. Um, they, they technically not, don't only manage medical doctors, they manage nursing staff, they manage allied health professionals which are physios and OTs etc um, so they manage quite a large proportion of us and and they are sort of our um, they are they are the regulatory body in, in terms of ensuring that we get good quality doctors being produced and and those doctors um, sort of um, are registered and and are registered you know sort of are qualified to see two patients mm. um, what you wouldn't want is a situation where an unqualified person comes in and starts to see patients yes. and, and did you hear that story last week there was on the media that not so many doctors were running away because now they were got caught they got caught because they were practicing as doctors even though they don't even have a background or qualification and, and that's dangerous I think so mm-hmm. so I mean you know the HPCSA plays a big role in clapping down on situations like that mm. I mean it's a tall order, it's a tall ask. I mean, they've really got a lot in their plate, and then to manage that is also quite a, a difficult thing sometimes. Mm. Um, but I, I think it's an important duty of these to do. All right. so. And practicing as a doctor, what is the most fulfilling thing ever about you not know, having this kind of, 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 of a qualification in your pocket? You know, after working on that that that, that platform there, uh, you know, you you get your parents, you know, getting excited of when your name is getting called as you work there. What is the most fulfilling? F- thing ever about being a graduate in this, this extra program? <laughs> I, I think the, the most fulfilling thing is that, you know, um, your job really, uh, it gives you the responsibility to um, affect or, you know, make a change in someone's life mm. uh, and, and make a change in someone's life when they are most of the time at their worst. Um, and I mean, you are not at your worst, but you are ha- you, you're sort of given this responsibility and this opportunity to reach out to someone who is at their worst and, 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 and really, you know, uh, make a difference. And change it. Whether it's not, uh, whether it's 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 you know, um, just talking to them, having a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have this uh, this skewed idea that that medicine is about prescribing medication. It's really not. Um, it's it's really actually caring for a patient in the true sense of the word, um, and and having that ability, that that opportunity to do that. I think is very powerful, so that fulfills mm. me. True. Okay, um, this is a calling, and if you don't have it, you know, you don't have it, so you won't enjoy the, the medical profession, so you need to be able to get that fulfillment from just helping the other person. Now, I mean, I think I need to give you a platform now, you know, we're living in an environment where our youngsters lack motivation, where youngsters lack um, role models that they can look up to in this area. Look, just just take a drive around uh, the, the nearest areas that you have. You will see the youngsters, you know, walking around, you know, no, they, 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 the only thing that he can look for, I mean, uh, up to is the next door neighbor who's just, you know, being a gangster as much as he can be, you know, being someone that just stands out in the community, being respected due to the fact that, you know, he's a, 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 a monster. So now we, we're saying that to our youngsters, there's a better things that are going out there, happening out there. We have talked to our youngsters out there and then shared with them some encouraging words, <laughs> you know. No, no, thank you so much. Um, no, I think, I think we, we actually touched on it earlier and I think it's, it's such an important thing to, to revisit and uh, reiterate and re-say re- basically. And I think one of the most important things that, that the youth, um, particularly of the West Coast need to realize is that really there are so many opportunities available out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the issue really is that we keep giving ourselves excuses not to go for them. Uh, you know, whether that's 
we have this perceived idea that we're not good enough in terms of our academics, whether it's this perceived idea that we're not financially able to actually, you know, go for 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 something, or whether it's too far pitched to for our parents to believe that we can actually achieve it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are all excuses that we keep on feeding ourselves, and I think that's the issue. Really, uh, we need to stop that 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 cycle of 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 you know negativism in our brain the whole time. Um, I mean, issues like finance, we dealt with it earlier. Uh, they can be they can be dealt with. They can be addressed, and they can be. I mean, we spoke about the admission criteria to to enter med- the medical fraternity. There is no criteria for financing. So finance is not an issue. In fact, it's actually a, a, a good thing if you don't have it because they will ask you and they will assist you in terms of going forward and getting that kind of assistance. Mm-hmm. But you need to prove. This is the important thing. You need to prove that you're willing to put in the effort and, and you're willing to go that extra mile to really um, you know, achieve your goals and, and, and have the passion for what you want to achieve. If you can just show that and reach out you know, with, with one hand... Uh, I can guarantee you that on the other side, two hands will pull you through. That was a conversation that I had with the doctor uh, who came with an objective to just share the information with you. And I'm hoping that you you listened carefully and if you didn't get motivation from the last part of it, and at least you got something out of this whole thing and the makeup of the uh, preparation to becoming a medical doctor. I'm hoping that it has given you enough to make your mother proud. I'm sure every uh, family, uh, every um, continent or every community out there, uh, they all know that, you know, they all share the same value that is assigned to being a doctor and uh, share the sentiments that when you become a doctor, you are respected within the communities. And of course, every mother and every parent or every father out there, they wish that their kids could become medical doctors. It must be really important. So it is important, actually, um, to increase the skills of the medical practitioners in our country. And if you are one of those that are listening currently and this has sparked your interest, please stand up, go do something about it and uh, be a responsible citizen, contribute to something in this lifetime uh, because we all are tasked to do something in this lifetime. And yours, if it's this one, take responsibility, stand up and take it on. Thank you so much. My name is Debsa. Bye-bye.